0: Welcome to Outcast Prophet Podcast. I'm your host, Heath Meadows. Wanted to start with a little bit more of an energetic theme today versus the dramatic entrance that we usually use as a prologue to the show. Wanna hope or I want to wish everybody a great week, start to their week, and hope everybody had a great weekend. We are going to talk about prophetic integrity and maturity today. And I, I've touched on this before in previous podcasts, but I really want to uh, bring it up again. Just because doesn't really seem like a whole lot of change within the American church when it comes to this. I think we see pockets of people beginning to realize that what we have called prophetic ministry, I believe God is calling it pathetic ministry. And we need to really get back to the basics when it comes to just being uh, prophetic and how to be prophetic biblically. But no better passage outlines this then 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. And I'm gonna kind of weave some things together here and um, bring out some scripture that has to do with order in a service. But again, I think that's where our foundation begins. It's within the congregation of believers where we can be judged according, at least the word that we give can be judged and put up against the scrutiny of scripture. And also, should be a safe place to for immature prophets to begin to step out in their ministry. And that's where I think we have a lot of issues is there's no boundary or guidelines for those that may have a gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues, or discernment or prophetic gift, and we don't set boundaries beforehand. And immaturity gets in there and really causes some problems and chaos. And I do believe that a spirit of confusion is beginning to enter the church and deception. Is, it's been there for a while. I think deception's been there for since <laughs> the beginning. But I really think that there's like almost this confusion as to what to do and how to do it. And is this the word? And is this not the word? And do we shut it down if it aligns with the Bible? And so I'm hoping to clear some of that up today because I believe there is a solid answer for a lot of this but unfortunately we continue to see leaders in the church leaders within the western church especially who are so-called prophets really setting a bad example for this and i just reading some scripture here first of all what i'm about to read is this is not prophecy this is this just not prophecy this is so vague this is so really it's it's so 1980s what well, would the eschatology i guess that it almost makes me think, okay, people are starting to run out of things to prophesy. So let's let's dig back into the '80s when we started trying to identify all these different animals with kingdoms, and so there's been some prophecies released in 2024. What we'll to do? What we'll do the lion, bear, and dragon have in common with Goliath? And this is on Charisma's website. Usually they're one of the biggest offenders when it comes to not being biblically sound, when it comes to letting people just have a platform and blab whatever they want and with no accountability whatsoever. and In fact, there's there's several guys on here that are regulars that have missed I don't know how many prophetic words already this year, including some that had to do with the Super Bowl and major events happening during the Super Bowl that did not take place, and they should not be given a voice until they repent of that. We're not, this is, you know, it's a dangerous thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Hebrews tells us that and our god is a consuming fire and to pres- to speak presumptuously on his behalf is a is something that is not just disrespectful it's it's borderline blasphemous and we have to be so careful not to just think that every little feeling we have is some kind of prophetic unction to ramble on about what ends up being our own personal beliefs and having nothing to do with what Jesus is doing with his church. All prophecy comes from Jesus, all, every single last piece of it. Everything is created for him, by him, and through him, and in him. All things are held together. He is the beginning, the middle, and the end. So whatever is going to happen is by his design, is by God's design. And so we lay our heads on the Father's heart and listen to what his heart is saying. And then if we are permitted, do we very carefully portray the best of our abilities, what we heard, and, and, and describe what it is that God is showing to us? This is all filtered through our humanity. And I'm going to talk about a little bit today, but having what Dr. Mark Sharona calls the spiritual senses. I want to call them clean spiritual senses. That's my, my kind of, I guess, jargon, if you will. This has to do with having our spiritual senses cleansed and, and, and really tuned in to what Jesus is doing. And it's really hard to have our spiritual senses cleared when we've got a bunch of unresolved issues within ourselves. And sometimes we need to pull back and take time and allow the Holy Spirit to search our hearts and bring things out that are not of him in order that we may hear, see, feel, smell, all those spiritual senses, that we may do that accurately. Because we can't if there are things contaminating the senses. If there's sin, if there's unrepentant things in our life, if there's unforgiveness, if there's trauma that's not been addressed and healed, whatever the case may be, these things have to be really focused in on. If that makes sense. So, not that you can never prophesy if you've had a you know an extremely traumatizing life or if you're struggling with something, but probably shouldn't be prophesying right now if if you've got some things in your life that are not right. And that just comes from being respectful and fear of the Lord. You know, we don't talk about the fear of the Lord a lot. And we don't really understand the eastern perspective on the Father. And yes, we have permission to call him daddy. Abba Father means daddy. But in the and you have to take that with the context from which the culture it was set in. 2000 years ago and that culture had a fear of the father too as well because there are certain things you did not do without being punished in your father's house during those times so the intimacy was always there but there was also a respect and an honor and a and a and a holy fear of what might happen if you did something that showed a different nature other than who the Father truly was. And see, sometimes the prophetic ministry today demonstrates something that is contrary to God's heart. It's not even where he's at right now. I can tell you what I believe and what I've been hearing, and I'll release this with the fear of the Lord, is that God's really focused on his church right now and cleaning her up and getting her ready for what's about to be poured out in certain areas and if you're in a church that's allowing the holy spirit to move with its services i would really love to hear from you if if you have seen the holy spirit really begin to work on on people or maybe your leadership of of deep hurts that they even may have forgotten about or you're seeing like some kind of cleansing happening among uh, your leaders and among people in your congregation and or a spirit, you just you could just feel when the Holy Spirit shows up and wants to do something very specific when it comes to deliverance. The deliverance ministry right now is not just being rediscovered. One, it's, it's a necessity because of the things we've allowed to creep into the church, but two, it's a cleansing. It's to, get, it's to get the nasties out, the little critters out of our life in order that we may hear, see, smell, taste. And know God clearly and not have these distortions in our life. Paul talks to the Corinthian church that was just, you know, completely in a mess in a lot of ways. And he's telling them about the spiritual gifts in chapters 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, They're famous chapters. And he, saw, he lists some of the spiritual gifts, he talks about Love, which is the key to the spiritual gifts. And really, the spiritual gifts is God's love flowing through a lost humanity or flowing through the church into a lost hum- humanity. And the power, the release of, the, of, of power through the gifts comes first when we learn how to love as God loves his church. And I, I think that's really important. First, the foundation of prophetic ministry in all ministries should be God's love for his creation, and God's love for his church. And if you are prophesying out of an angry spirit, out of a hateful spirit, out of anything other than out love for the church or love for the lost, then you probably need to sit down and be quiet and get that straightened out because there's something in you that's not right, and you're misrepresenting God. I can guarantee it. That's not to say that there's not times when, you know, the prophet's given a word that's pretty hard. to. It's, they're, they're, I have been given hard words before, and they're, you struggle with those because they're, they're something that it's not easy to deliver because you know you're going to get fricasseed by half the people that hear it. But they, the reality is to, to honor God, I you have to present that correctly. But those that seem to get a corrective word, consistently as probably not prophesying from the Holy Spirit, but a critical spirit. And we need to know the difference. And right now, I don't believe 90% of the church knows the difference. I really don't. So we have these prophecies that have been released, and I'm just going to, these are two, they're Dutch seats who I really Feel like should know better and another guy I don't even know who this dude is I've seen him a couple of times he's named Joseph Z I don't even now he just kind of I guess put letters on the internet I don't know what that is but anyway he's he missed the he had a prophecy about the the Super Bowl and missed it and he just continues to like throw things out here And they're talking about a word been given by Dutch Sheets, the dragon, the bear, and the lion. In his description, each of these animals was representation of a nation, Russia, China, and Iran. Okay, this is nothing. This is not prophecy. This is nothing new. We've we've been doing this stuff for 50 years, and we associate the animals that Daniel's seen with modern-day nations – that really you're, that's just taking the whole scripture out of context. That doesn't mean that maybe some of them correlate to the same areas that certain nations are in now, and that doesn't mean that necessarily we won't see some type of overall fulfillment or some type of parallel there. What I believe with prophecy is it started like everything did right there in, in Israel, in Jerusalem, and as it has continued to, as it Christianity and and the end times continue to unfold, the reality is we are seeing re- repetitive prophetic demonstrations throughout the centuries until it encompasses the whole world. So it's like this spiral or this wave that as it goes out and through time, it becomes larger and all encompassing until finally, what happened when Daniel prophesied. The that uh, the general Epiphanus coming into the Holy of Holies and sacrificing a pig there, the the abomination of desolation. That was a type. That was a type and shadow for what we may see in the future of a worldwide leader that may do the same thing. So those are things in the Bible that yes, that's that's possible. So I'm not saying they're not. But when you're when you're labeling this stuff, prophetic words. This word was a warning that these nations would be watching America Biders Biden's leadership. That is not a prophetic word. That's an observation. Okay, anybody that watches Fox News or any of those will will pull from from that. And they you know, we know that the symbol of Russia is a bear. I mean, that's nothing new. Dragon obviously is China. They have dragons everywhere. And of course, by elimination, you could say Iran's the lion, which is curious to me but anyway so you have these kinds of words that really are a nothing sandwich it's like what what are we trying to say here well this is every person that watches fox news is going to basically come to this conclusion and then you have another that is joseph Z, who had a word that the lion the bear and goliath were coming And he's saying that there's a symbolic for events that would happen. The lion is a symbol of the media's negative impact on culture while the bear represents fear for economic economic provision. This is not prophecy. I've been saying for, and I've said this on a couple podcasts ago, watching just what's happening in the market based on history. Not prophetic word that we were going to probably hit, a, in the spring, probably sooner than most people, what it was looking like, we were going to hit a major recession. And you can tell by looking at the housing market, the fuel costs, the car industry right now is in a lot of trouble. These things are not hard to predict. If you just watch watch an hour of Fox Business or some other really decent business show, you're, you're going to see it. It's, it doesn't take rocket science to know that when inflation's this high like this is like the 70s all over again these things are not and, and they're labeled prophetic and now we're like looking for the bear and the come on man how's this got anything to do with edifying and building up the church any you can't even prepare for any of this because it's so vague. But yet, we just cling to it. Like it's, you know the like the best thing since the Bible, because this has given us some kind of what? I don't know. It's not giving me anything. It does not tell me what to do. It's not giving me advice on how to grow as a Christian and get through. What we should be doing is preparing the spirits of people for what's to come. And whether you're a pre trib rapture or a post trib rapture kind of dude, it doesn't matter. There's going to be some stuff that's coming. There's going to be persecution that's coming that the the Western church is not prepared for because we thought we were going to miss it. Surprise, surprise. It's here. It's coming. And we may get a reprieve based on whoever gets to be president, but the fact of the matter is it will only be by the grace of God. We better get ready for some things that are coming, you know? And a lot of these guys will use Agabus as an example. Well, Agabus prophesied the drought. Well, where were you knuckleheads that have prophesied COVID-19? Because nobody got that. That would have been nice to know and prepare for because it really rocked the economy, rocked a lot of churches. In fact, churches shut down. In fact, God, I think, used COVID-19. He's not the author of it, but he used it to expose the church in, in many different ways. So we really have to stop and think about sometimes what a lot of these guys that are jumping on platforms are saying. And the bottom line is this. If a prophet doesn't walk in humility, if a prophet is not training people to hear God for themselves, if a prophet's not having disciples, if a prophet's not building up the church, if it's not telling us what Jesus is doing, where's he going and are we going with him? And we better get our act together to make sure we are going with him. If he's not lifting up the name of Jesus in his prophetic word, if he's not reinforcing the word that the pastor's bringing on Sunday morning, if he's not reinforcing what the the whole congregation is feeling, the Holy Spirit is leading that particular congregation, I I have a real problem with, then is he really a prophet? Or is this just someone that has really good deduction and probably higher than average of intelligence? And it's just kind of, hitting the mark every once in a while. And it, and it makes people like, ooh, ah, oh, yeah. That's what my grandpappy used to say. Blind squirrel will find a nut every once in a while. And uh, you better make sure that these guys got track records and, and, and not just go along with the flow because they're on – Sid Roth, It's Supernatural, or they're on Daystar TV or Charisma Magazine puts them up because half these guys Charisma Magazine puts up have missed every single prophetic word that I've ever seen. There's another dude out there that he actually just takes his down when he misses it. Nobody's holding these guys accountable. A real prophet will be under somebody, I guarantee you. A real prophet is going to submit to authority and make sure they have oversight And accountability in their ministry. And that accountability, when they miss it, needs to make them one, publicly repent if they've given a public word and they missed it, and two, make sure that when before they give another word, that whatever caused them to miss it, miss it, and to to begin with, is taken care of. But in 1 Corinthians 14, All the way back up here, we'll go to verse 20, 27. And this is dealing with speaking in tongues, which becomes prophetic because somebody's got to interpret it. I do not believe in these charismatic churches tell everybody in the whole congregation, start praying in tongues, out loud, as loud as you can, and Scripture is very clearly telling you not to do that. I mean, we override scripture so many times, it's not even funny. So in verse 27, if any speak in a tongue, let there be only two or at most three, and each in turn, that means not together, and let someone interpret. Okay, let somebody interpret it. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in the church and speak to himself and to God. That is is scripture, guys. How many churches are not following that? Do I speak in tongues? Yeah, when the Spirit gives me utterance. But that's not always the case. And I definitely don't flow in the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues. That's one gift that I've never really flowed in at all. I I went to church with an older gentleman who was radically saved, who flowed in that and the hit was true, man. When he would give that interpretation in tongues, you could just, you could feel God all over it. It's amazing. So I've been around the gift when it's in operation and when it works, it's it's a it's an amazing gift to the church when it's done correctly. And it edifies and it encourages and it corrects and it gets us on track, which is exactly what the prophetic word is supposed to do. And so Paul goes on and he says, Let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. For you can all prophesy one by one, so that all may learn and all be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to prophets. Catch that now. And the spirits of prophets are subject to prophets that manifestation of prophetic ministry is subject to the prophets or is submissive to the prophets. For God, verse 33, is not a God of confusion, but of peace. That word confusion, thanks to the help of Logos Bible Study software, I will play it for you, is the Greek word and it means disorder, insurrection, confusion, and instability. And it can also have a connotation of rebellion and riot, or a spirit of witchcraft. Why is that, you say? Well, the Bible tells us. That to that to disobey is the spirit of rebe- or rebellion. Is the spirit of witchcraft. First Samuel talks to, I'll talk about that to uh, Saul before the kingdom is ripped away from him. Disobedience is under the spirit of witchcraft. it's a, it's a rebellion, but this is confusion that's trying to enter into the, the local ministry and prophetic ministry, and try to to create this atmosphere of like ever it's it's incredible to me that people will take it upon themselves who ha, who have no business prophesying will just jump up and prophesy again no fear of the lord whatsoever and so the spirit of confusion comes in and we we have a problem you know okay oh wait a minute maybe we shouldn't shut this guy down because well what he did say it didn't line with the bible but here's here's another clue guys acts 19 the slave girl who was possessed by a spirit of divination was following paul and he's and barnabas and they're saying she was saying these are the servants of the most high god what she was saying was true they were apostles missionaries sent by god evangelizing the area and yet paul after discerning took a couple of days looks back and says come out and within that same time that hour she, you know she was delivered so that doesn't necessarily always mean that these words that are given during a Sunday morning or even on a platform such as YouTube are necessarily from God. Now, that's a, one of the biggest, that's the first place we should go look, right? Does this word align with the word of God? But there's other, some there's other key things that are happening here, especially during service. Was service disrupted? Did it create an atmosphere of insecurity or unknown or confusion? Or did it cause a maybe an, just an atmosphere of okay, just uncertainty of what's going on? Every time that I've ever heard somebody give a prophetic word or give something that is an interpretation of a tongue that was truly from God, there is a weight that's on it. Anytime we question, ooh, I wonder if that was from God, usually for me, even though you're still go to the word and you still use the word as your, your plumb line, you can feel when something's off. It doesn't sound right. Or it was it was not part of the service. Or there was something happening in the service and that word took a different course. Those are all telltale signs. And it doesn't take, it shouldn't take us long to start saying, okay, we need, this needs to stop. Whoever's doing this, we need to pull aside gently and, and, you know, just say, Hey, no, this is not the way we do things. This is how it's done. And, you know, maybe that person was really just trying to step out in faith and they had a good heart, but they just didn't know the protocol, which again, wisdom would say, make sure you know the protocol and not presumptuously speak on God's behalf But at the same time, you know, I I get it. There's some people out there that's got zeal for the Lord. God bless them. And we need people with zeal for the Lord, and I get it. But they also need to be humble enough to take correction and to do it in the right way so that everybody's edified, everything's done in orderly fashion, and so that the enemy does not gain a foothold into our services. By whence he then can pull things off track and get us sidetracked and get us distracted from what God is really trying to do and what Jesus is really trying to do among us. Not to mention the fact that if you have first time visitors that are coming in there and they see this chaos in your church, they're probably not going to come back. You know, there there is a, there is this thing, you know, the proverbs tells us that the barn's clean without the ox, but much work is done by the ox. And well, that is very true. And sometimes things get a little messy with revival and using, allowing the Holy Spirit. But that doesn't necessarily mean you don't clean it up. And so years ago, you know, my dad might remember what year it was. I know I was young. I was young. I For some reason, I don't know what it was, but nobody cleaned my grandpa's barn out. It was dirt floor. You know, cows just came in there and ate, and then they went back out and grazed. But for some reason, we got somebody got rambunctious and said, Let's, it hasn't been done for a long, long, long time, so we need to do it. And it was a small barn. It wasn't very big. And I remember it taking an entire Saturday, and I'm not exaggerating here. I thought we were digging through hard ground. I didn't know what was going on. We were literally digging through about eight or nine years of crap and stuff that had been stopped down and hay and straw that had been packed down. And uh, yeah, that was a mess. And I never wanted to do that ever again. And uh, I just think about, you know, that's kind of like some of our churches. If we don't get this stuff cleaned up, we're just going to keep overlooking it and stomping it down and stomping it down. And then before, you know, it, we're standing on a pile of refuse and not solid ground. And it's not even anywhere close to where God wanted the church to go or wanted to lead us. So it's very important that we run church services. as Paul Paul lays this stuff out. This isn't something that we have to discover on our own. And I know culturally sometimes those things, certain things will shift, but the Word of God does not bend to culture. The culture bends to the Word of God. And if that's something you have a hard time with, then maybe you should step down from being a pastor or a leader in the church. Because the reality of it is this: the Earth may fade away, everything in this solar system may explode, but the Word of God will remain forever, and there is no changing it. And we get into a lot of trouble when we try to accommodate the culture to to make the Word of God bend into the culture so it's more palpable for those to you know be able to swallow when it has never been that way. Peter did not water down the gospel. On the day of Pentecost, he stood up and he said, it was Jesus Christ whom you crucified. You are to repent, change your mind. Those are things that this world does not want to hear. And yet, we seem to think that we have a better way of delivering the gospel other than the way it has been given for 2,000 years. And I get it. You know, we can add technology. I'm, I'm a techie guy. I like playing video games. I like all that stuff, and I like technology. Technology's good, and we can we can get into that kind of stuff and and make our services. You know, have tech. I'm not saying none of that, but when the rubber meets the road, we need preachers, prophets, apostles, evangelists, teachers, pastors to preach the gospel not watered down, not sugar-coated, but exactly how it's presented and how it's been presented for 2,000 years. And the prophetic ministry needs an enema. It needs flushed out. It needs to be reformed. And the only way that's going to happen, guys, is if we stop downloading and buying books from these prophets that haven't hit a prophecy For years, they use mystical, vague descriptions and terminology that really have no substance, no edification for the church, and really takes us nowhere closer to being a spotless bride brought to maturity, able to discern the truth. We have to go to the prophet, and that's exactly what they want, to discern the truth, because the prophetic ministry hasn't been doing its role in teaching the people how to discern the truth on their own. And the only way we are going to stop this is if we stop supplying, just quite simply, stop giving the money, stop watching it, Instead of watching them for 20 minutes, spend 20 minutes in your in the word. Read the psalm. Psalms are prophetic. If you want the prophetic anointing, read the psalm. Pray the psalm. Pray the psalms of David. They're all prophetic, just about every single one of them, except, well, maybe the peccatory psalms, but that's different. Start building your own self up to hear the word of God, to allow him to flush things out of you so you can hear clearer. Yeah, it's work, but boy, it's a beautiful thing to be able to walk with the Lord and listen and hear and have conversations and and dreams and visions and all kinds of cool stuff. And no, not just that, just spending that time with the Lord. It's a whole lot better spending 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour with God than it is with some of these YouTube prophets, trust me. So I uh, just want to encourage people out there today. Take a stand for this stuff. Let's, let, let's bring integrity back to the prophetic ministry. Let's bring, let's bring honor back to the prophetic ministry. And let's speak the word of God with fear and trembling. Until we talk again, God bless.